bitches! Welcome back to another episode of Just a Quick Finch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. Are you gonna introduce yourself? Oh, I, I, I didn't know if I was allowed to. He's coyly smiling at me from the couch because <laughs> he wanted an introduction. Everyone, Jimmy, my boyfriend, is here. Jimmy, I just have to say one thing. What? Our house right now feels like... Our apartment feels like in Beauty and the Beast when, like, all of the pots and pans are, like, doing their thing because... Basically, so today when I left the house at like 8 a.m., I was like, Jimmy, he, he stayed home today because he wasn't feeling well. So I was like, Jimmy, <laughs> don't worry, your boss isn't listening to this. I was like, Jimmy, um, while you're home, if you could like clean the house a little bit, cook the chicken, all that, that'd be great. He was like, sure, sure, of, of course. You're gone the whole day. Of course this will be done when I get home. I texted him. I was like, hey, I'm coming early. I finished my day today at like 3 o'clock. I come in, it's like the fucking beauty and the beast, like, the laundry is going, the Yuffie, the, like, the little vacuum cleaner is, like, rolling around, Ellie's, like, sweeping the floor with her tail, trying to help Jimmy clean. <laughs> I just, I, it, it kind of has the same energy as, like, when you were a kid, and uh, your mom is like, can you defrost the chicken? You're like, sure. And then she's like, coming home, or you, like, hear the garage door open, and you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot the chicken. <laughs> that's, that's the same vibe as, uh, what's going on in our apartment right I now. I feel like when moms I am. I'm looking for something. Like, because <laughs> like, you're like, I need a bone to pick with someone. Yeah. And I want takeout. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's smart. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, I messed up today, people. <laughs> uh, because I, like, you, you ever stay home sick and you just unintentionally take a three-hour nap and you wake up to a text from your girlfriend saying, be home in five. <laughs> And then all of a sudden you have, you have to cook the chicken, you have to clean the clothes, you have to, or you have to do the laundry, you have to clean the boxes. Anyway, so if you guys hear like a bunch of noises and mishmash in the background, it's um, the entire house cleaning itself right now. Oh, even Ellie's tuckered. Ellie's tuckered from all the sweeping of the yeah, floor Ellie, with her tail. Yeah, the reason we have to sweep. Yeah, so anyways, today we have a good episode for you guys. Um, we have a lot to catch you up on. We had a good weekend. So yeah, without further ado, hit it editing, Connie. Let's get into Hot Girl Huddle. Alrighty, you guys. So for this week's healthcare horoscope, let me get the tarot cards out. I kind of like the vibes right now. The vibes are a little spooky here in Boston. Um, it's very rainy out today. It's very dark and stormy, very Edgar Allan Poe vibes. So here are the cards for today. Do you want to pick or should I pick? I mean, it's a spooky day, and I always pick a spooky card. Yeah, you're right. All right. You get to so pick. let me pick. If it's, like, death or something, then there's some, like, you pick the spooky cards from now well, on. Well, does everyone know our little secret? What secret? About our Harry Potter house. No, they don't know. Do we so, take the time to tell them now? I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the reason I keep picking kind of darker ones is, like, Connie and I are both Slytherins. I know. I know Connie kind of has, like, this endearing Hufflepuff energy about I her. I swear, I'm mostly Puff. a total neg. No, I <laughs> I really think that the hat picked wrong, even though the hat never picks wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, like, did this test. For any of you guys that are, like, super Harry Potter fans out there, even if you're not, like, you'll probably understand, because that's my demographic of people that listen. Um, so there's the four houses in Harry Potter. I'll have different like strengths and weaknesses so jimmy and i did a quiz and it said that both of us were slytherin and they're like the bad boy like draco malfoy like 
the bad ones, like the villainous ones. And I feel like I was a little insulted at first that I was a Slytherin. How, how did you feel at first? Oh, I've been lying, cheating, and stealing my whole life. <laughs> I knew it. See, I thought I was a puff through and through. I, I give Pufflepuff vibes, I feel like. Oh, see, like, I feel like I, like, want to be a Gryffindor. But, like, let's face it, I'm not. Like, I'm not, like, the hero saving the day. I have main character energy, but here's the thing. Just because you have main character energy doesn't mean you have main character hero. No, yeah, maybe your main evil villain energy. I'm more of a protagonist. Okay. I took AP English. Okay, Mr. Big Bad Villain who was rushing to clean the house. Yes, I'm such a villain. <laughs> um, yeah, wait, where are we going with this conversation? Oh, yeah, so that's probably why you pick scary, spooky things. So, Jimmy, I have shuffled the cards. Oh, yeah. So this is the tarot card for the week. Holy crap, it's June 27th already? Yeah, we're, uh, we're through them. Oh my god, that is like crazy, because you know why? That means I turn my, oh my gosh, my 27th birthday. Um, how spooky, my 27th birthday is this Friday, everyone. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about turning 27, because I feel like for any of my older friends out there that are listening, they might be like, okay, 27, you're still a baby. But for me, I feel like 27 means I have to like kind of start like getting it together. You could become super successful in the next year and join the 27 Club. Did you become super successful when you turned 27? No. Who are you referencing? Club is like all the famous people that have died at age 27 and they turned baby. Why would you mention this? I don't know. <laughs> I mentioned it to everyone when they turned 27. Maybe you are a Slytherin. You're bringing this. One of my coworkers turned 27 recently and I asked them about that too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, um,. I think like Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix. I really don't know how to feel about this right now, so. Big list of people that die at 27. Um, okay, but. You're a shining star. I don't want you to be one of these people, though. I'm just going to have you pick a card now before I think about this anymore. (laughs) Here you go, pick a card. Pick a good one. There's a chance you're going to do heroin. Okay, pick a card. (laughs) Wait, just one. I'm trying to pick this one, but you have such a tight. Just let me pick this one because I'm a little scared now. Okay, the card for the week of June 27th is... Oh god, I picked it upside down. I'm scared. The High Priestess upside down. Wait, but I don't know if I intentionally... I think I actually flipped it, is the thing. Because I went like this. This is what happens when we let you pick cards. Wait, w- would you agree that I that I flipped it because I picked it like this and then I went like this? Or did I... Now I'm forgetting how it was. I think it was upside don't down. Don't hesitate, Wang. We have a podcast to do. No, but I don't remember if I pulled it out and then flipped it or if it was flipped Let's already. Redraw. No, I, I, that seems worse. No. I haven't done this enough to know the regulations. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, okay, well, I think it's fine. It was like this and then I went like this. Right, we'll I'm pretty sure... Sh- <laughs> do I read it upright or... Okay, let's read well, the upside... Okay. <laughs> I have an idea. Let's read the reversed one, and if I don't like it, then we'll say it was upright. Okay. Okay, I have decided I think I'm going to read it as upright because I'm pretty sure I accidentally flipped it. We all care very much about this. Okay, you guys, wait. I totally realized I did flip it because I just redid the wrist motion, and I think I flipped it. So, okay. High Priestess upright. One second. The High Priestess upright. The High Priestess is the guardian of the subconscious mind and a teacher of sacred knowledge and hidden mysteries. Okay. Okay, this isn't sounding too bad. Um, Sitting at the threshold of the conscious and subconscious mind, 
The High Priestess has an innate ability to travel between these realms effortlessly. What is this saying? I'm confused. Okay, the High Priestess signifies spiritual enlightenment, inner illumination, divine knowledge, and wisdom. She shows up in your tarot cards when the veil between you and the underworld is thin. Oh, I'm scared. And you have the- okay, this is good. And you have the opportunity to access the knowledge deep within your soul. Now is the time to be still, so you can tune into your intuition. The answers you are seeking will come from within, from your deepest truth and knowing. Although, oh, allow the high priestess to become your guide as you venture deep into your subconscious mind and access this inner wisdom. Connect with your intuition and your higher self through meditation, visualization, shamanic, 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 is it, is that right? Shamanic, shamanic, the donkey, <laughs> shamanic, shamanic, um and being part of spiritual communities oh wait okay this is kind of interesting your intuitive sense right now is providing you with useful information and is assisting you to become more in touch with your subconscious mind look for areas in your life that may be out of balance or lacking flow and ease now is also a time of heightened intuitive ability and psychic insight if you are developing these skills. The High Priestess offers you further encouragement to continue journey. Finally, the High Priestess is a signal that you are being called to embrace the Divine Feminine. Ooh, we love this! Your connection to your intuition, compassion, empathy, and inner wisdom. Regardless of your gender, for anyone listening out there, it is vital for you to integrate and balance your masculine and feminine energies and the presence of the high priestess signals that your sacred feminine needs your attention right now. So feel rather than think. Collaborate rather than compete. Create rather than destroy. Trust your feminine energy, even if the masculine energy around you may appear stronger. Be proud of your ability to nurture, trust, sense, and empathize. Okay, now I'm curious. Let me just peek and see what the high priestess reverse is. <laughs> okay, no, I'm confident. We, we picked the right one today. We picked the upright one. So basically, we're in with like deeper knowledge yeah like like this week we're gonna like get some uh what do you call it i like to call it like downloads from the universe like you ever like walk and then you like randomly like a strike of lightning hits you and you have a thought or like an epiphany you might not because you know i'm like a higher being and everything i'm so connected yeah okay (laughs) well i think this is the week for like more downloads like you like you might just get like an epiphany Anyways, that's all I have this week for healthcare horoscopes. Now, let's go on to Spit Talk. Alrighty, you guys. Anyways, this week for Spit Talk, one, I want to start off today's segment with an exciting little thing. Um, today, I had a really good day at school. It was like a very simple day, okay? Like, it was, a, it was a chill day in the morning. I assisted on a surgical procedure. And then in the afternoon, I just did a quick little exam for a patient. But my patient was the sweetest ever, and they brought me this chocolate that I wanted Jimmy and I to try. Because um, we've never had, it's, it's the Lint Excellence Orange Intense Chocolate. I just thought it was really interesting to have orange and chocolate together. Um, Jimmy is one of those weirdos that likes orange and things. He likes, like, orange creamsicles. I mean, they're okay, but I'm not really, like, a huge orange kind of chocolate person. But I thought it'd be fun to try it on uh, on the microphone. Here's a little chocolate ASMR. Maybe. Here's some ASMR of the foil. Maybe, if the sick boyfriend will uh, clean the apartment. Uh, it's 
Jimmy, I feel texture. This is this is a very interesting uh, candy bar. I feel texture. Let's. I smell. Ooh, it smells good. What is this like? See, you know this candy's good because like none of this, none of the words on this wrapper are in English. So, what does this even say? There's literally not one word in. Oh, okay. Swiss dark chocolate with orange juice and almonds. Oh, there's almonds in here as well. Interesting. Okay, Jimmy, here you go. See, I feel like they didn't, that was pretty subtle in there. What if someone had an almond? You, you're actually 100% correct. Um, I'm a little concerned. Here is Orange Excellence by Lint. Let's give it a try. Orange Excellence. Let me give it a crunch. Here, maybe you guys can hear it. That made no noise at all. Mmm. Mm. Are there pieces of orange in this? I can't tell. You know, I actually like it. It's really good. Thank you. It's a bless. It's not your average chocolate bar. No, sure. Mmm, this is really good. Well, thank you to my patient that brought this. Um, mm, and the almond pieces aren't too big either. That's a pet peeve. I hate when I feel like I'm going to lose a tooth to, like, a hidden almond with a hidden agenda in the chocolate. That's, that's how you sabotage me. That one bad almond. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyways, for Spit Talk this week. Oh my god, wait, I like totally forgot about that. I wasn't even gonna mention that. But um yeah, last week I'm kind of like a dentist or something. No, I'm just kidding. Uh last week I did my first root canal, which was kind of exciting. Um it actually like wasn't as scary as I thought it was gonna be because you just you just kinda like do it. I don't know. I feel like now especially now that I've come back from externship and seen how bad in shape teeth can turn out if they're not taken care of, now I'm kind of just like, oh, well like I don't know, I'm, like, not as afraid to do stuff anymore, because I'm like, well, if it has to be done, it has to be done, you know? Maybe I've just become desensitized, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so Root Canal went well. Um, it was an interesting experience, because I will say, Jimmy, um, like, 90% of the Root Canal that you're doing- Actually, no, 90, 98% of the Root Canal that you're doing, you can't see anything. You're not looking. It's all based on feel. So, as you can imagine, it can make, like, your first root canal kind of tricky because you're just kind of like, I don't know what I should be feeling. Like, is does this feel normal or am I about to, like, perforate and, like, <laughs> ruin the tooth? Um, so, it feels kind of like space exploration mixed with, um, literally just a root canal. <laughs> so, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, but it feels like a big deal while you're doing it. Anyways, that was fun. Also, I feel like the highlight of my week was this weekend we went to a wedding, which was super fun. Um, Jimmy, what is your favorite wedding appetizer? Okay, yeah, for me, my favorite is bacon wrapped scallops. They were so good. This wedding that we went to, oh my gosh, they like treated us, treated us. They had an unlimited raw bar. I swear it was so dangerous because every time it was like they had like jumbo shrimp, little neck clams, oysters. My mouth is watering right now. They had all of those and then like they just kept refilling them. Like the, the, the lady just kept coming back with more and more shellfish and I couldn't say no. I'm pretty sure I had like close to a dozen oysters and like a bunch of little neck clams and shrimp like i was like mostly shellfish <laughs> as i'm swallowing my saliva yeah yeah she uh she couldn't be stopped and, uh, it was uh, a didn't i did pay a small price for it but you know what i don't regret anything i would do the same thing i don't regret anything either i enjoyed myself as well yeah yeah that was fun weddings are just so much fun they're just so much like yeah. pure bliss yeah, and you're just, like, jumping up and down, like, shouting. 
Dancing Queen. Or what were we singing to? Everyone's so sweaty and no one cares. Oh, just like sh- scream, shouting, jumping up and down, being sweaty, screaming, dance with somebody. Like, it was just all around good times. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, that's basically all I had for Spit Talk was the wedding and uh, some root canal. Also, I do have to give you guys an update. So I feel like a couple weeks ago, Jimmy and I were talking about our, like, summer bucket list. And I feel like, Jimmy, we've been doing, like, a good job. We've been, like, having fun this summer. We've had a little bit of fun. We could have a lot more fun. We could. We could always have more fun. But I feel like we've been doing a pretty good job of intentionally trying to have fun. Like, the other day, Jimmy and I rented bikes. That was fun. What else did we do that was, like, summer fun? We've been walking along the Esplanade, like a real Bostonian couple. Oh, we ate, like, crabs with our hands. Like, that was fun. Yeah, all in all, I feel like we've been doing a good job of being, like, a fun Boston couple. Anywho, that is all we have this week for Spit Talk. Now, let's get into the main episode. This week, I'm so excited. We have my good friend Deja here. Deja is this awesome pediatric physical therapist. Um, She just graduated six months ago, so she has really good insight on, like, what it's like being in school, but also what it's like working and being a new grad as well. I feel like that was a really interesting conversation, especially since a lot of the people I've interviewed so far have all been dental. So it's really nice to get, like, a new perspective, and I'm hoping to get more, like, different professions on here because I just think it's fun to like I'm like genuinely curious about like what the day-to-day is like for everyone and yeah I just I think that we could all learn a lot from each other so without further ado this is Deja the pediatric physical therapist Welcome back, you guys. Today I am so excited because I have my good friend Deja here. So Deja is how do I describe her? She's always been one of my like Instagram friends that I used to like be such a girl crush from afar (laughs) and then one day I was like wait I can like actually like become real friends with her and then like I realized like she like I don't know I feel like sometimes you have Instagram friends and they seem so cool and scary that you're like afraid to reach out but like Deja's always been like so authentic and like friendly and welcoming since day one so thank you so much Deja she she's a queen because she got out of work at like four something came home at 4 30 and now it's four it's 5 30 and and we're recording. So thank you so much, Deja. Thank you for all your kind words and for having me here today. I'm so excited. I will say I'm a little nervous, but I know everything is just going to be fine. <laughs> Don't be nervous. No, if anything, you know, um, bloopers are here and welcome on this podcast, first of all. So Deja is a pediatric physical therapist. Yes, ma'am. Uh, she's good with the peds. Now, I always have this question whenever I interview any sort of guest. I want to know, like, what were you like as a ped? Like, in other words, tell me about young Deja. Okay. I feel like now that I think back on my childhood, I was meant to be a pediatric physical therapist. Like, I've always loved being creative. And as a PT, you have to be so creative because, you know, kids are a lot of energy and they don't like doing the same things all the time. So I'm always on my toes. And I feel like my childhood is very reflective of that. I loved drawing and writing. And, you know, singing, making up dances with my neighbors and like performing for our neighborhood and our parents. So like I was always a creative child. I even wanted to um, illustrate and uh, write my own children's book as a kid. So that's something I I really want to do in the future because like little Deja, that was like her dream. So maybe one day I'll have my own children's book. Oh my gosh, wait, I could so see that. First of all, you would crush having your own children's book. Second of all, 
I feel that choreographing, like dancing and performing so hard. I used to take it so seriously with my friends. And like, if they would be, if they would mess up, I'd be like, no, 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 it's high five. Then we're going to twist then. And I'd be like, start over. Like, I feel like I was just really into the theatrics. So you and I would have got along really well. Oh, we would have been perfect friends. All the kids that are on TikTok now doing their TikTok games. I'm like, no, this is not what we were doing. We were embarrassing. And I need you to go back and have that experience too. Yeah, no, they need like the character building before all of TikTok. TikTok and stuff there was like iMac photo booth and that was it you mm-hmm. either like remember the one filter where it was like you looked like a cartoon kind of or something like that it was like a graphic yes, novel yes. one mm-hmm. yeah I love that one the black and white one like that's we need to get back to that era of we life. do <laughs> they, they have too much privilege right now with all the TikTok trends and things and mm-hmm. how 13 year olds look like they're 18 like I just don't get it I need you to look mm-hmm. awkward <laughs> so in terms of being being a pediatric physical therapist we talked about this a little bit before you came on but just tell me a bit about like the hardest parts and the best parts of your job okay we'll start with the best because I just want to be positive first so Mm -hmm. um specifically I'm a pediatric physical therapist but I am like a subset of that so I work in something called early intervention which means that I only work with children from ages uh, zero to uh, three years old So I work with, you know, infants and toddlers and that's it. And it's all through like a state program and you have to kind of like qualify for it. So you have to have some sort of disability or be premature or just something that happened like during your birth um, that qualifies you for this program. So I'm seeing children in their home. So I'm not in a clinic. I drive to all my patients' houses, which is very different. Um, The best part about that, I think is the flexibility. So I get to make my own schedule if I want to have Fridays off, I can have Fridays off. If I wake up and I'm not really feeling it, I can be like, hey, I'm going to cancel this patient and switch them to tomorrow or, um, you know, shift my schedule around. And there's no one telling me like, oh, you have to meet this, um, you know, amount of productivity or anything like that. So I really like that, especially being a new grad. I just graduated last year and I've only been working for about six months. So when I first started working, it gave me time to really build my caseload and get comfortable and not really be thrown in to the sharks and be like, you have 40 children you have to treat like have fun so flexibility and then also the relationships that I get to build with um, my families because a lot of my children are so young like most of my kids are either I think my youngest kid right now is like six months and my oldest is maybe two and a half but most of my kids are in that like six months to like 18 month range so they're very young I'm with them for so long I'm in their home so I'm seeing how they live I'm meeting their family um, and it's just so rewarding to to be a part of that relationship. And then also when that child meets that milestone, it's just it just feels so good because you've been there, you've been in the trenches, you've seen them work hard, you've seen the family work hard. Um, so it's just very rewarding. Oh, that's so that's also amazing. I'm like, wow, do I want to become a pediatric physical therapist? Like add that to the list. Um, that's so rewarding because I feel like also like with in terms of the early intervention, like pediatric physical therapy that you do it's not the kind of thing that like most people are really aware of unless they have a child that's like in that type of Mm -hmm. um like intervention also I have a quick question so since you like travel to other people's houses um and I'm not sure how it works on like if if you have any sort of like team but is it ever hard because like it almost like lacks the stability of like you showing up to like the same kind of like workplace every day and like having the same co-workers and team to lean on yeah so that is one of the hardest parts it's me being by myself there's no one there immediately that I can be like hey 
I'm not in a clinic being like, hey, can you help me with this child? Or I have a question. Um, thankfully, like my coworkers are great. And if I have any questions, I can just shoot them a text or an email and they're quick to respond. But not having someone there immediately is kind of hard, especially being a new grad and being the expert. It's like just me and I have to trust my knowledge that, you know, I know what I'm talking about. So that is very hard. I know that's so crazy to me. And like, that kind of leads me to my next question for you. So I feel like you said you're six months out of graduating and it's like, you go from school where it's like, you're expected to be the student to suddenly they give you a piece of paper and they're like, okay, now you have a license and you're expected to like be the doctor. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Can you tell me a bit about what it's been like, like, I guess like finding your voice or your identity and like, kind of like sticking to your guns, I guess, like that whole aspect of finding your voice as a provider fresh out of grad like were there any situations that were tricky for you and like how did you overcome those yeah it's very hard especially when you're dealing with parents because you you know when you work in pediatrics you're not just dealing with the child you're dealing with the parents and um in my line of work um all of the treatment I do is developmental so I'm working with kids who are struggling with sitting or crawling or rolling or walking um these are huge milestones that if they're not reaching them parents are very stressed so it's it's been hard for me to kind of come to terms that with the fact that I am the expert and giving families my educated opinion without bias, but also in a way that will encourage them to listen and not just like shut off. I feel like that's been very hard because it's like, you know, I did go to school and I did learn all these things. I have a pediatric clinical. I, you know, I'm doing work outside of work to learn more. So like, I know my stuff, but being confident enough to tell the parent like, Hey, I know this is how you've been doing things, but how about we try it this way? And, you know, your child will probably make more progress. And I'm curious, like you were, it seems like a lot of your work, even though it's like being the pediatric provider, it's most of it's like with the parent, I'm guessing too. So like, what like tidbits of like parenting, I guess, have you like learned from them? Like, I feel like you're gonna be such a good mom someday now. (laughs) I know I've gotten to, it's been nice. I've kind of like gotten to absorb a lot of different parenting styles from a lot of different parents. Some things I'm like, oh, this is not how I would handle it. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's hard because, you know, I I am there as a physical therapist and I don't want to tell the parent how they should parent their child. So it's kind of hard to find that line where it's like, I'm the PT, this is what I think is good for the development, but you're the parent, so you know your child best. Um, It's kind of a hard line. It's like, I'm the expert at physical therapy, but they're the expert at their child. So just meshing our worlds together to meet a common goal has been hard, but also rewarding. Cause when you do, you know, get that therapeutic connection, the parent trusts you, um, Mm. it makes it all the world better. So I, I've definitely like felt that in the past when I've been treating my like pediatric, like dental patients or like even my like grown ass adult patients where I'm trying to like (laughs) tell them what I think they should do. And I'm like, this is like very clearly not sticking. Um, and like, after I've done enough self-reflection, I feel like a big part of it is the fact that you know, like I am a minority female in this space. I'm a young looking minority female, as are you. And it's like, people talk about imposter syndrome all the time, but it really just like hits different when you walk in a room and you realize like you're the only person that looks like you or, you know, like, I mean, especially dentistry used to be, it's starting to become less so, but um, Mm -hmm. dentistry is very much like a boys, like an older white men boys feel kind of. Um, So I'm just curious, like, I'm sure throughout school too, you've like handled situations of feeling like imposter syndrome or insecurities. What were, I guess, little ways that that showed up where like now that you've graduated, like, 
I think you have you can look back and realize like those little things seeping through were just like your insecurities but like what were little ways that like insecurities or imposter syndrome would pop up for you I can like give you an example too so like for me mm-hmm. I feel like I I know that I know my stuff like the the tests the grades whatever even though grades aren't always indicative of it like the books show like I know my stuff but then there's just something about when I present to like my attending I'm like I'm gonna like I like forget how to speak I totally get that I feel like that was me a lot in clinicals I would like stumble across my words I say like um and and I feel like I still struggle with that too if I'm like explaining to a parent like they're like oh what do you think about this or how should we do this and like being confident in my answer and not being like defensive like I have to prove myself just being like hey like I do know and I have to remember that like I know so much more about physical therapy than the parent does and they genuinely just want to know like what my thoughts Mm -hmm. are like they're not expecting some like magical answer they just want to know what I think so like being okay with just telling my thoughts and like knowing I did go through three years of school I did pass my boards um I know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about and I think a little bit of that imposter syndrome kind of amplified when I did take my board exam because um, I actually failed it the first time and had to wait an extra three months to take it again. So I think going through that whole process of failing the exam and then having to like start all over and take it again, that definitely was like a kind of a punch to my confidence. But then, you know, passing it and coming out on the other side was like, okay, I do know my stuff, but um my first attempt at that exam, like I totally could have passed it, but I know that there were so many answers that I was like, oh, this is probably wrong. I'm going to change it. And I feel like those were like little times that like imposter syndrome was just getting into my head. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That totally makes sense. And like something I feel like we have to keep in mind is I think a big reason why when we're like presenting or talking to people and like we second guess ourselves is because we actually know so much that we know like the different avenues that the answer can go down whereas like the lay common person they don't even know that these possibilities are out there of like certain treatments or certain diseases so like it's almost like we know so like when you're in the beginning of your career I always say like when you're like for example like a pre-student it's easy to be confident because like you really don't know what's out there and then when you're a seasoned professional you know enough where like you, you know your stuff but it's this limbo phase where we're in kind of well I'm almost going to be in where it's like you're just graduated where you know enough to know all the ways that things can go wrong but then you haven't like yet developed like the experiences and confidence to like fully like know that it's all going to be okay too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I feel like that limbo is just like something that's going to like take time <laughs> and like yeah with. yeah I agree having those like knowing that you're gonna a lot of the things you're gonna learn are going to be through experience and some of those things can't be taught in school and it's just going to take time to have those experiences and then you'll come out the other side knowing more. Mm -hmm. And also I just want to say like first of all I want to commend you for like coming out and like sharing your experience with your boards and everything because that must have been so tough for you like as a fellow I guess like content creator in this space I just feel, and you probably feel this way too, I feel so much pressure anytime I do anything because I'm like, people are like looking at me for answers on how to do something when like I'm figuring it out right now. Um, and then to have to like share such a vulnerable experience, it's, I, I just commend you because I know a lot of people like wouldn't be able to do that. And that's why a lot of people <laughs> don't really like do this kind of stuff is because it's really tough to put yourself out there. Um, and I think it's also important because you've, you're really helping to normalize that and it should be normalized. like 
guys, it's like, okay, if you fail stuff, like, you know, how many people fail stuff in dental school, tests, practicals, like, the sooner that we can kind of take away that shame, like the easier it is for us to actually take away what we should from it, which is just like a learning experience, right? Exactly. Yeah, it, when it initially happened, my first thought wasn't, oh, I should put this on Instagram, but I was thinking about it. And at first, I didn't want to share it. But I was like, by sharing this, I'm going to help at least one person not feel so alone. And that's going to make it all worth it. And it, it was, there were so many students that came to me and that were like, mm-hmm. I also failed the exam or um, practicing cl- clinicians that failed uh, the exam. And they were like, you know, it doesn't define you. It doesn't define how you're going to be as a clinician. It's just a test. And like having that vulnerable moment and then having so many people give me so much positive feedback just made me so, it made me feel so much better. And it made me that much more confident to go in and crush the exam the second time. Because the first time I only failed it by four points. It was four questions. Like, no, it's so close. Yeah, it was so close. Like it was a five hour exam, four questions out of like 250. So like the knowledge was there. It was all a confidence thing. There was so much imposter syndrome that went into that. So I just knew that if I put in the work and did everything the right way, that it was going to come out you know, how I wanted to on the other side. Cause a lot of it, the first time I took the exam, I was a little cocky. I was like, you know, I went through PT school. I passed <laughs> all these exams. I graduated. This board exam should be nothing. So I, I didn't really study as hard as I should have. Cause I just thought it was going to be a piece of cake. Um, big mistake, you know, <laughs> just because you go through a program doesn't mean uh, that the board exam is going to be a cakewalk. You know, nothing is handed to you on a silver platter. You still have to do the work. Um, so that was a big learning experience for me that has shaped me and will affect, you know, has affected my life, how I'll be as a clinician. Um, a good experience nonetheless, but an experience that I feel like I needed to have because I had never really failed anything in my life. Everything mm-hmm. had came pretty easy to me. So that was like the first time that that had happened. So it was an experience that needed to have for me to grow and learn and, you mm-hmm. know, figure things out. <laughs> for sure. And like, I'm sure that like, there's got to be people out there that are listening that like are also right now going through the process of like retaking something or like practicing to like redo something. Do you have any advice for like any, um, anything you used or leaned on or like it's anything you did during this process? Because like, it's so hard to study for an exam, like a board exam period. I feel like it's even harder to do so with like that sort of like almost negative experience in your mind it's like almost like triggering because you're like I did this before like what if it doesn't work out again like that kind of thing so like what were ways that you really like got through this tough period the biggest thing was getting a study group so I actually signed up for like this coaching program and like had a coach that had like that specifically works with students taking the board exam and it was such a good experience like every week we'd meet with him and all these other students it was like a big Facebook group that people that were taking an exam and he would like have all these videos to teach us concepts and he would he was literally like the best hype man like he would play like hype music and like hype us up he called himself like coach k like he just like changed the game for me and then having uh so to be in the program you had to like part of it was picking a study group like two to three people that you would um study with they would hold you accountable And I feel like that was a big game changer for me because the first time I just tried to do everything on my own and I was like, oh, I don't need any help. But having people that are also going through what you are going through and you can ask questions and lean on was just so helpful, especially because the two people that were in my study group 
also failed it the first time. So we had oh. already had that like shared experience. So we had already been through the process before. Um, so that was a really big game changer for me. Like I said, I only missed the mark by four questions. So the knowledge was there. It was more of just a confidence thing. I know. I feel like so much of what we do, whether it's like board exams or like preparing for like a big case or like something like that, it's kind of like, it feels like it's defined all in one day, like when you find out you pass or when you get your diploma. But the thing is, like, it's actually like been slowly accumulating day by day. It's just the day that you take the test is the day that you like claim it really as yours or, you you know, mm-hmm. like the day that you cash in on all that hard work. Oh, I'm like so curious since like I actually don't know too many people in physical therapy school or that have gone to physical therapy school. Like, tell me a bit about like what school was like. Like, tell me mm-hmm. about about what like the activities were like like your friend groups what you did for fun anything like that PT school was so fun and it flew by and now that I'm out I'm like oh I miss it like I miss being surrounded by people who just know what you were going through and you're all struggling together and you celebrate together like that was just it was just such a good sense of community but um just to get the gist of like the structure of PT school it's a three-year program the first two years are didactic and your third year is all clinical Um, So, you know, the first two years you're taking tests and practicals, um, and then the third year you're in the clinic treating patients, you have a clinical instructor, um, but by the time you are towards the end of that year, you're basically on your own, the clinical instructor is just there, just kind of making sure you're not killing anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I feel that so hard. (laughs) They're like, just don't kill anyone, I'll be back. I'm like, okay. I'm like, fine. Yeah, but um, there were a lot of hands-on experiences, which were really helpful because, you know, that's we're, we're a hands-on profession. You're treating patients in person. So we had a lot of practicals and a lot of like simulations and in the moment they were nerve wracking, but they were so helpful and they taught you so much. Um, I really enjoyed my clinical year the most, even though I missed like being around my friends and being with my professors, that's where I feel like I grew and got to grow into myself as a clinician. Mm -hmm. So yeah. What was the hardest part of like PT school? You can choose more than one. (laughs) I know. I'm like, okay, what was really hard? You know, what's like so funny? I always think about this. It's like when you look back on your struggles five years ago, you're kind of like, what did I struggle with? But then in the moment, there's they feel so fresh. I'm sure in five years, I'll look back on this and be like, why was I so pressed about this one thing? Like, it's not really that big a deal. I remember we had a practical where we had to like take blood pressure. And I thought that that was going to be like manually with like a stethoscope (laughs) and like we had to hear it. And I thought that was going to be the end of me. And now I look back on that and I'm like, that was a cakewalk. Like, I think back to all the things I thought were hard. And I'm like, it, it wasn't actually that hard. That's why I'm like struggling right now to think of it because yeah. I'm like out of it. Also, you know, hindsight is 2020. You're like, oh, I got through that. So it wasn't that bad. I guess okay. a lot, what was really hard was that a lot of things can vary. Like, it's like a joke, an inside joke, like in PT, like, when you ask something like the answer is always like it depends because like everything Mm -hmm. is so different you'd be like okay someone has low back pain what's wrong with them how should you treat them it's like it depends because like everyone is so different so it was very hard to come to terms with the fact that there's not always a black and white answer which now that I'm practicing is like just opened a world of possibility because it's like okay if one thing doesn't work like it's not the end of the world I can just try something else but as a student when you're like studying for a test and like you're very type A and you're like, no, this has to be the answer. It was hard to open my brain to the fact that like there could be more than one right answer. I can totally understand that. And like even so with dentistry, what I've realized is like as I'm kind of transitioning from just being a student to like being a more independent provider, I guess, like I just came back from an externship 
um, where like for five weeks, I was basically like the doctor, like I was just working under the intending schedule, but I was treating my own patients. And I learned like a big part of what is like a mental block for me is actually like attaching too much ego to like what I do. So like, I'd be like, I have to be right, or I have to do the right thing. And then like, it's it's the way that it is. It's like the practice of physical therapy. It's the practice of dentistry. You're not always going to be right. It's not always going to work the right way, but you can't take things so personally and attach too much ego to it because that kind of like defeats the purpose. And it's also like, not really about you and you being right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. I a hundred percent relate to that. It's so hard to forget that it's a practice. Like no one a hundred percent knows what they're doing all the time and like that's okay we're all you know doing the best with what we have at the moment and as long as you are trying to learn as much as you can and be a sponge and trying to better yourself every day like that's the best thing you can do for your patients Mm -hmm. and like there's that quote I think it's like if you knew better you would have done better like just take like everything as a for anyone listening just take anything as a learning opportunity because that's kind of like the only difference between like a lesson and like or like a mistake I guess you could call it is like a lesson you actually took something away from it so now switching gears so we talked about you know your experience in school your, your experience now as a new grad I'm curious too you are totally a mover and a shaker on Instagram when it comes to like just unique content like you're so different from everyone else that I've seen it's not just the same old like cookie cutter type of content um specifically what I really enjoy about you is like in the last like I feel like two years or maybe like yeah two years or so you've really like flourished in like the the fashion scene you post all these really cute like outfits and then you also have been making just like such huge strides in terms of like the body positivity space on social media so I just wanted to hear from you like what that's been like if there's been anything that's like unexpected on your experience with that yeah thank you so much that makes me so happy I sometimes you know as a content creator you struggle with like is what I'm doing helpful like is this a waste of my time does anyone care like am I just being like everyone else so to know that like I am standing out like that that just made my day thanks Connie 100% you can I'll tell you as many times as you need to hear girl (laughs) (laughs) my favorite hype woman I love it Um, (laughs) so the best part about social media I feel like is the sense of community like I did not know that I needed all these internet friends until I started having my Instagram um and it really like opening up and being vulnerable really reminded me that you're never alone and there's always someone who is going through uh or feeling something similar to you so I have a better appreciation for community and I realized that like when you're vulnerable people are nine times out of ten going to return that with vulnerability versus like being mean or rude. Like there's been so many times where I've been like, oh, I don't want to post this. Like someone's going to leave a mean comment or they're going to say something ugly or mean or nasty to me. And like, that has not been the case. I don't think I've had like anybody be blatantly like rude to me. And that's really surprising because I know social media can be a hard space for a lot of people, but thankfully um, all of my experiences have been positive. So um, I've just had a great time just kind of letting loose and not taking myself so seriously because there's such a beauty in opening up and um letting people see the real me I'm still kind of like struggling with that especially as video content is becoming so much more prominent like when you take a picture you can just take a picture write a caption cool you can make it look however you want but when you have that video content like that's you 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 can't really edit a video so um it was a little scary at first but I've had a lot of fun with uh, you know, creating video content and branching out and kind of showing more of like the real me and kind of making Instagram more casual and not so 
highlight reel and everything has to be perfect. Like everyone is struggling with something. No one's life is perfect. So being able to share those aspects of me as well has just been so rewarding and helped me just grow deeper bonds and connections with other people like you. It's so tough. I completely agree with video. Oh God, it's like the bane of my existence. Cause the thing is like, it used to be so easy. We had mm-hmm. it so good. And we then <laughs> they had to come around with this like short form content. And now it's just like so hard. I'm like trying to decide if I like know I should branch out and get on TikTok, but it's just like another thing I have to learn how to do. And I'm just like, why? I totally feel that right now. I'm just reposting my Instagram content onto TikTok. Cause I'm like, okay, that's a mm-hmm. good start. But to make original content for both is just very hard. And especially when like your audience is on Instagram, it's kind of hard to switch to TikTok and then try to create a new audience. So it mm-hmm. is very hard. I agree with that sentiment as well. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And there, I feel like there's more good, there's more good mm-hmm. and positive in it than like negative. I also feel like a big part of it is like I'm slowly, very slowly learning how to just enjoy the process rather than like focusing on the outcome and being like, how well did this thing perform? Um, Like, do you have any advice for anyone? I think this like this mentality of enjoying the process rather than the product applies to like every aspect of life, like whatever you are trying to achieve. Do you have any advice for like how to enjoy the process? Yes, that is something I feel like over the past year, I've sort of like COVID and everything I've been trying to be better about and kind of like romanticize my life and enjoy the little moments. You know, life is so short. Like I've lost two grandparents in the past year. So that that was really like a wake up call for me. Like, hey, like you need to stop looking forward to the next thing. Like, oh, I'll be happy when I get into PT school or when I graduate PT school or when I'm practicing. Like you need to learn how to be happy in the moment that you're in and then you'll be able to carry that through every um, experience that you have. So I feel like just taking more time to do things that I enjoy has been helpful with like helping me enjoy the journey. So like when I come home from work, like even if I only have a few hours, like maybe reading a book or like playing a video game, I like versus like stressing about work, kind of coming home and like turning it off and then doing things that, you know, bring me joy and fill me up. Because at the end of the day, if I'm not at my best, then I'm not going to be able to treat my patients to my best. So I think taking more time for myself and um, hanging out with, you know, my family more and my friends and just doing things that bring me joy have has helped me kind of enjoy the journey more. Wait, so you play video games? Oh, girl, yes. <laughs> Wait, how did I not know this about you? Which video games do you play? I'm so curious. Um, I play so right now I'm playing this computer game called RuneScape, but like I played it as a kid, so it's kind of like an nostalgia mm-hmm. thing. It's really fun. Um, my boyfriend plays a lot of video games too, so that's like how we bond. Um, we've been playing Overcooked lately, which is really fun. But test your relationship. I don't know if you know what Overcooked <gasps> is, but it's like a cooking game. But you both like play it and you like help each other like make food and it's like I need cheese and pepperoni cheese pizza. It's like very stressful but fun. Um, Every night in our kitchen <laughs> is a game of overcooked. I'm like, Jimmy, give me yes. the pizza. And he's like, okay. <laughs> also love playing The Sims. That's been like a childhood game that's like followed me through my adulthood. Yeah. Through to like now. So yeah, those are a few of the games that I like to play. Oh my gosh. Wait, this is so interesting. I've been so Jimmy loves video games. I'm not a video game person, but I'm I really want to learn how to like enjoy video games because I, I want to do that with him. I think it would be a fun way to bond. So maybe I'll start with Overcooked. That, that's what yeah. it's called? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really easy like 
it's very intuitive and like you learn it really quickly and it's it's so fun and it's so addicting like you won't want to stop like John's always like I don't want to play over right now I'm not in the mindset for that and I'm like I want to play <laughs> wait that's so funny and this also reminds me of another thing too that I want to tell to anyone that's listening so I feel like society likes to paint this picture that you have to like work hard at grinding you have to work hard at studying and work hard at working hard or whatever and something I want to remind people is like young successful women just like us like we have to train ourselves well, I mean anyone in general but but to you ladies out there that are listening we have to also work just as hard at enjoying ourselves and enjoying life because it's honestly like not really natural to me and I didn't really think much of it until this year where I was like wait I could just try harder at having fun <laughs> and like it's made a world of difference like last weekend Jimmy and I went on um I like got one of those blue bikes in the city does your city have that yeah yeah we have the like the bikes and like the scooters and stuff yeah so I feel like a year ago if you had asked me I would have been like no there's too much to do I have so much to do blah 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 and like this this summer in particular that's starting now um happy summer solstice by the way I think yesterday was the first day. yesterday yeah um but yeah starting the summer I've just noticed a shift in like my desires because I've realized it's my last summer here in school like I'm just like forcing myself to have fun. Okay, we're having a good time. That's, that's yes. What I'm Fill out that bucket list. I remember your bucket list yes. from the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you remember? Yeah. Wait, do you have any summer bucket list items for the summer? <sighs> Not any off the top of my head. I know I want to go to the beach, but I just want to like be outside more and go to more like things. Because on the weekends, I'm always like, oh, I'm too tired. Or if my friends like want to mm-hmm. hang out, I'm like, oh, I just want to take a nap but like I've been I've been trying to be more intentional about just saying yes because every time I go to do something I never regret it like so just taking that extra time like okay this will take an hour out of my day but like it'll be an hour that I'm doing something for myself like I'm not studying or thinking about work but it's still progress towards the life I want to live and you know you need to rest to be successful so just finding that balance (laughs) Wait, this is totally facts. This just reminded me, like, you know how people always say, like, you never regret going to the gym? Like, mm-hmm. you have to think of enjoying yourself and your hobbies as things that, like, strengthen. Instead of strengthening a muscle, you're strengthening your, like, your, your, like, happiness, your, like, spirit, and your, like, emotional health. So, like, you have to, like, put in, like, just like you have to go to the gym, you have to, like, put in the time to, like, enjoy yourself. Is what I Exactly. Realized. You can't just, like, expect those experiences to happen if you never like let them happen like I went through this whole phase after PT school where like all my friends moved away and I was like I don't have any friends and then I'm like well I'm also like not doing things to have friends so I was like I'm gonna be a big girl I got on Bumble BFF and I met this oh my one God, girl yes I met this Wait, one how girl. has it been I'm so curious I was on it for maybe a few weeks I met one girl and I'm, I left it because like she was I met her and then she met girls on Facebook. So then we like all met each other. And like that has just turned into this like spider web of like other friends. And I've like met maybe like a group of like total 20 girls just from this one girl on Bumble. And I'm like, if I would have never got on Bumble a little tipsy that Saturday (laughs) and like messaged the girl like, hey, let's get dinner. Like my life would be so different. Like I've just found a good group of girlfriends and it's just been great to like have friends that are not tied to work and mm-hmm. that have different jobs and like we can talk about different things and it's like when I'm there I don't have to be like PT deja I can just be like normal deja so that that's been really great 
wait a minute this is like such a like I never really thought about that because I haven't been like forced to be in that environment yet um but I feel like making adult friendships is just so different because like all I know is like being in the same classes as everyone like bonding over that bubble but it's a whole nother field when you have to like I don't know like like date like like find a new friend basically wait do you have any ideas for what's a good like first kind of friendship date if you were like on Bumble and stuff yeah we went we just went out to this like sports bar and got dinner and it was really chill like Loki well like we went to her apartment first and just like watched shitty reality tv and like had wine and cheese and like that was fun but honestly it's been nice to like find out who I am outside of like school and like outside of being a physical therapist like okay what what do I like in people or what things do I like to do or because like all my life my friends have been tied to like work or school like elementary school Mm -hmm. middle school high school college like they've all been related to like that thing so to kind of branch out it was hard to like I'm like how do I make friends I don't know how to talk to people like um, but it's been it's been it's been really good what are some things that you learned about yourself from like because I always see like like when you date someone you learn you're kind of dating yourself in a way and you learn about yourself I'm imagining the same thing applies then for when you're like friendship dating like what are Mm -hmm. some things you've learned about yourself I've learned that I love to like, I love to have fun and like dance and like be goofy. Like I've just learned like how, how much of a, like, I, I've always known that I was like outgoing, but I feel like my friendships have really like brought that out. And like the things that I like to do, I'm like, oh, like I want to go like dance and have fun. And like, okay, I like totally <laughs> understand what you mean. I feel like the right <laughs> friendships, <laughs> it's like so funny because like when you're in school, you're like you bond so much with your friends because they're almost like I always equate it to be like going through a war with someone they're like my war buddies right but the thing is like (laughs) yeah it's literally a trauma bond all my dental school friends listening it's such a trauma bond but then it's almost like you when you have to make adult friendships you have to make substance and that can be like kind of hard but then at the same time it's like (laughs) you can just like now you're not in school anymore so you can just like enjoy like all the joys of like actually living your life now and that's like such a new experience for people that have been in school forever this kind of reminds me of like like when do you think you're like at your best I feel like you're you're like the true friends bring out the best in yourself but are there any other like activities or things that bring out your best side or where you feel like like you know the feeling of when you're doing something and like it just feels right you're glowing or you're in a state of flow and you're just like so wholeheartedly happy I feel like for me it's like eating really good food yeah I was gonna say that I have to do like food and like drinks like eating good food having like a nice beer like glass of wine like I'm that like extra layer of like angst is gone like Mm -hmm. I feel like that's when I'm like wow like life is life is good (laughs) I know what's your favorite food Okay, I'm basic. Like, I am, like, a child, and I love, like, chicken tenders and french fries. Like, it yes. pains me to not go to a restaurant and get that. I love other things, too. But that's just, like, my first. Like, if you're, like, what's your, what's your favorite food? I'm, like, chicken tenders and french fries. And probably sushi. I love sushi. I can eat sushi oh every God. day. I love sushi, too. And chicken fingers and fries. I have to say, like, chick- there's something about really good chicken fingers and fries. I feel like you could go to places, a lot of places make chicken fingers and fries, but the good chicken fingers, my favorite at least, is where the coating is kind of, like, speckled with black pepper. Yes, and yes, yes, yes. You know what I mean? And it's kind mm-hmm. of, like, it's not just breaded. It's almost, like, crusty. It has that, like, crunch and that, like, separate layer of breading on it. Oh, like, I hate no when I go somewhere. I know. I hate when I go somewhere and they claim to have chicken 
chicken fingers and it's like chicken that's coated in breadcrumbs but it's not like chicken fingers I'm like what is this you cannot this is false advertising <laughs> mm-hmm. I know and so for french fries do you like thin and crispy fries do you like steak fries like what are the fries that you like I like crispy I do not like steak fries if I could choose mm-hmm. sweet potato fries are superior to me but mm-hmm. that's like a whole different like separate than like regular white potato fries but no I don't like I feel like steak fries isn't it's not crispy enough yeah it's like too potato-y it's like a cut baked potato kind of yes that's what it is yeah I like I don't want them to be like shoestring I want them to be a little thick but they definitely have to be Mm -hmm. crispy and have some like seasoning on them and then you put some like aioli oh just good. Mm-hmm. like spicy spicy aioli or something so good With garlic oh yes so garlic oh um I never knew I was so opinionated about like fries and I, chicken I know fingers. this brought out like a side of me I was like wait I do have an opinion on french fries and it matters <laughs> it does matter <laughs> let them know um where was I let me like go back to my questions I like veer I saw an opportunity and I veered off the path <laughs> I was like chicken fingers I'm glad um, you did <laughs> so okay so, <laughs> Tell me a bit about something that has like changed your life in we can say like the last five or three years or so. Like it can be any sort of like lifestyle change, um, activity, book, quote, experience. Like what's been like a really like life changing thing? I feel like honestly, the pandemic happening. <laughs> oh right, that thing. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot about that thing. But yeah, that was very life changing for me because I feel like being at home forced me to like come to terms with a lot of things about myself and be like, okay, what do I like about me? What do I don't like about me? What do I like about my life? What do I want to change? And like giving me the power to like change things if I want to, like this is my life and I have the autonomy over it. And I feel like that's also kind of when my like Instagram like took a turn for like better. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. when I started to open up more and be more vulnerable and like connect with people on a different level. And then I also felt like that's when I like kind of started to grow more on Instagram, have more success and um, just kind of like change the trajectory of like how I wanted my life to go and like my career to go. Um, So yeah, I feel like COVID sucked, but there were also some good things about it that came out of it. It was such a wild time. I look back on it and I'm like, oh my God, that was literally just a couple of years ago. Like, it feels like, it just feels like a different time. Like, I feel like March of 2020 felt like a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, like, and I was like, oh, it's gonna last for two weeks. Here yeah. we are in 2022, and COVID is still rampant. So, yeah, it's like still a thing. I just, and I feel like none of us in this lifetime, well, maybe if you're like young, I guess, like us, but no one's really like experienced that type of like a, a life altering thing. Like, I remember when they first started shutting down like restaurants and school, I was like, you just, you can't just close. I'm like, what do you mean you're gonna close? And now I'm like, oh, okay, so we're gonna shut down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, it makes sense now. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, also, I guess along the same lines, if you could tell yourself anything, I guess, like three, five years ago, if you could tell previous Deja anything, what would you want to tell yourself? Kind of like with the theme of what we've been talking about today, but just to enjoy the journey and not be so dead set on the destination and be okay with like the highs and the lows, you know, um, be okay with knowing that your path can change and like that's okay and try not to stress so much because in the end I feel like everything happens for a reason and everything is going to work out how it's supposed to like when I failed if I wouldn't have failed my MPTE 
I wouldn't have got the job that I have right now and be so happy because this job wasn't available when I was looking for jobs the first time around that I was studying for my MPPE. This job didn't, I didn't see it on the internet, Indeed or LinkedIn or whatever until I had just, I had like just taken my exam and I was like waiting for results and like this job popped up and I was like, what? Like I would have probably been in a, in a job that, you know, I probably would enjoy but I would be making less money. I probably wouldn't be as happy, wouldn't have the flexibility and the, and the lifestyle that I have right now to you know, be a PT, PT and also dedicate time to my family and my friends and also like Instagram and social media and stuff. So yeah, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And even though you might not know that reason in the moment, um, just kind of trust the journey and trust that like everything is gonna be okay. Very cliche, oh but- <laughs> No, that's like so spooky. Every time I think about stuff like that, like that's so true. That job wasn't available when like, like the higher powers that be just like knew, like you would be so much happier this way. That's so crazy. I wish there was a better way to like tell yourself in the moment that it's going to be okay. Cause I feel like when we hear this advice, when we're like at our low, it's just so hard to like, let it sink in. Mm-hmm, Cause you think the world is ending and it, it feels like it is, but I feel like mm-hmm. even after I, after I failed the exam and like had the time to like grieve and like get over it, I was like, okay, like this is not the end of the world. Maybe this is supposed to happen. This is an experience mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to have. So I feel like that second time around, I really took it as an experience and I didn't kind of rush it. Like the first time I was just like, I just have to take these practice exams. And I was kind of going through the motions, but not really like enjoying it or like paying attention to what I was doing. And the second time around, I really like, took everything in and I feel like that gave me more confidence and in the end helped me pass Mm -hmm. that's so true I feel like anytime in life I've ever been just going through the motions or like saying like I I was like this when I was in pharmacy school um I I always forget about this phase of my life but (laughs) when I was in pharmacy I'm like oh yeah that happened um (laughs) but when I was in pharmacy school there were so many times where I was like I'll learn to like this or like I was just I was just not connected and I feel like that's just a sign that I talked about this in like my previous episode but something that's like so underrated is like just being in alignment with like what you truly want from your life um and I think part of the problem is that like when you're in high school and college like no guidance counselor is like what what aligns with you you know like it's more just like on paper you have to choose some things and then you like go down an avenue and then before you know it you're there well thank you so much I feel like everyone is going to benefit so much you're such an authentic like shining person so I just I know you're going to help so many people out there so thank you so much um last thing if you could just mention like where people can find you and all of that good stuff yeah thank you for having me this is so fun it was just it's just nice to just like talk like I feel like this really flowed so well and it was just fun to like have someone that can relate to like what you're going through and also get to like share my little nuggets and tidbits um but yeah you can find me um on Instagram on my blog uh, the curly clinician um Instagram is just the curly clinician TikTok is the curly clinician um and then my blog is just the curly um my email is hello at the curly clinician.com if you ever want to send me an email or you can shoot me a dm I'm always happy to chat meet new friends um, bond over sushi and video games and dancing and all the things that I like to do. <laughs> and that was Deja, everyone. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and I'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.